This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Settling in a new city can raise lots of questions. How does the bus service work? Can I join the local library? Where do I go to get advice on renting a home? Over the next half hour, the team from Citizens Advice Bureau bring you all the latest news and information of special interest to new migrants settling in Dunedin. Welcome to Resettling in Aotearoa with Citizens Advice Bureau. No, no, my hairi mai, kia ora, anō. Welcome back to our monthly Resettling in Aotearoa on um, Otago Access Radio. Ko Anna toku ingoa. My name is Anna. I'm the manager at Citizens Advice Bureau, Ōtipoti, Dunedin, Te Pau Whakafurunaki. Um, our guest today is Doug Rogers from the Otago Regional Council, who's um, going to talk to us today about the buses and how they how, how they work and you know hopefully we'll answer some common questions that new arrivals in the in the city may have. Um, kia ora Doug. Joanna, kia ora all. Um, so I thought we'd just start maybe quickly tell us about your role and how all uh, and about Orbus and the area it serves. Okay um, well, my role is uh, manager transport so I look after all the Transport-related uh, aspects of Regional Council's brief. Uh, that includes everything from uh, regional land transport plans to public transport plans. And obviously the Regional Council um, secures and manages all the public transport contracts that we hold with uh, various operators across the province. Okay. So um, just getting right back to basics, let's talk about... Um, the B card, I guess, or and or other payment options, and why do people need a B card? Firstly, it's cheaper to use a B card than it is to pay cash. So, a typical normal fare would be two dollars. Uh, cash fare is three dollars, but on a B card, it's two dollars. So, it's a it's a really easy decision to make, and it also makes it easy for the bus drivers because they're not having to carry so much cash, and and the same for the patrons. So, uh, it's it's a really good idea. Um. Yeah, it's just a worthwhile exercise to get registered. Super Gold users uh, travel free off off peak uh, using a B, a B card as well, so um, it's, it's got its advantages. Yeah, uh, and and it's quite a simple system too, isn't it? To tag on and off and yeah, yeah, you, you jump on, uh, tag it on, and when you jump off, you tag it off. Um, it's really simple. You can pick them up here at the regional council offices and top them up, obviously as well um, online. I understand too. So there's a lot of good methods to be able to use. Okay. And so where can people purchase one and how much does it cost them initially? Uh, ORC offices. Um, it's $5 for the card. And then on top of that, uh, keep topping it up uh, as and when you need it. All right. Um, I think they can get them at the university bookshop too, can't they? Oh, yes, sorry, they can. Um, and the DCC maybe, I think. DCC um, and also in Queenstown as well. There's a couple of outlets there too, kiosks that they can use. I think they might be able to get them at the library as well. But I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, okay, and so you can top up with the drivers, is that correct? You can top, top up with? The drivers? Yes, you can. Um, um, registering it is a really key component about it as well. Um, so um, if, if you register your your uh, your B card, um, particularly for a super gold user, uh, the discounts applied automatically, so you don't have to do the two, two card thing or you know, cash and a card. Uh, it's really easy to do. Yeah. Um, youth, well, everyone gets a concession if you use the B card, don't they? Yeah, Including youth. 
Yeah, um, it takes account of um, if you register it and you're between five and eighteen, obviously you get the um, the discounted fee for a child. So, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and you can register, yeah, like you said. So that's why you have to register to get the actual discounts. Yeah, it's a, it's an easy method to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So once people have got their B card sorted. Um, how do they look for their routes and plan their journey? Uh, the ORC website, uh, under public transport, you can choose your route. So you know your route number or your origin and destination. You can plan your route using that. You can also use the transit app, uh, which just sits on your phone. And again, it gives you updates about if anything's been delayed, it's on time, it's early, those sort of things. So you can plan your journey using those as well. A really, really handy tool. Yep, but going back to if people don't know their route numbers or where they're going because they're new to the city, how do they find that out? Uh, the, the website, particularly. We've also got, um, for those who aren't really computer users, we have paper copies of all the timetables available here at the LRC in the office here. So they yep. just come to the section and they can pick those up if they need to. And what's the LRC website? www.rc.govt.nz, is it? Yeah, exactly that. Cool. Um so, and, and that transit app, that's where they can be tracked in real time? Yeah, yeah, you can uh, watch it on your phone, yeah. Yeah, okay, and uh, that's free to download, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and you can set it up to get alerts too, I think, on your on um, particular routes that you're interested in, can't you? That's right, if you've got a regular route, um, you want the alerts for that, if you're to work or coming home from school or whatever, it'll give you the alerts on the, on the app itself. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So, um, what if what if people want to catch two buses as part of their journey? How does that work? Because there's a period where you can get free transfer. Yeah, it's forty five minutes between the two from the end of one and the beginning of the other, so you get that free transfer of your total trip. So you can still get your even a discounted fare price um, as long as you change within that forty five minutes between. And the transit app will show you where those changes appear as well. Yeah. And it's really critical, I don't think we've said this, but I've been caught out with this. If You've got to remember to scan off, don't you? Oh, you do, yes. yes Otherwise, yeah. it thinks you're still on there and it, I think, what is it, does it charge you? Oh, I'm not sure what happens, but it's not ideal, is it? It's, it's not ideal, <laughs> you really should remember to jump off and off. Yeah, so yeah, but listeners remember that to scan off. And that's at both exits, it's just a thing where you scan your card, eh? Same when you scan yeah. on. Yeah, where you get on, where you get off, there's there's the scanning facility at the at the doors that you just scan off. I think when you scan off, it also tells you your um your how much money you've got on your card. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what the fares at the moment? I know we're on a half price fare thing. That's is that going to go up next year? Is it? Uh, the plan is well. The government subsidy for that ends on the thirty first of twenty twenty three. Uh, at this stage, it's, it's likely it'll go back up to the I mean, already very low two dollars. Um, but uh, so people are paying a dollar at the moment. Um, no decisions by council have been made on that yet. However, that's the government funding will end at the end of January, so uh, we'll be looking at that at that time. Yeah. So normal was two dollars for everyone, and and well, everyone over eighteen wasn't it? It was two dollars, yeah. which is still pretty reasonable. Um, I think so. And under eighteen, I think, or five to eighteen, I think it was a dollar twenty, wasn't it? Yeah, and under dollar. fives are free, aren't they? I understand that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, what? How did the under? 
how did the half price fears affect the super gold card prices? I mean, like, is the half price fear cheaper than what the, the subsidies for the super gold card? Uh, the super gold is free off peak. Oh, so, it's totally yeah. free off peak. All right, I see. Yeah. So yeah, out, outside there, they would just pay the normal subsidies. Oh, right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so then once you've got your route sorted and you figure out where you're going, um, when should you go to your stop? Because that's changed a little bit, isn't it? Like buses now might leave early, is that right? Or has that changed again? Because uh, they shouldn't leave early. They should leave at the time. Yeah. Um, if that's happening, just let us know. Yeah. Because so if you are there, yeah. So yeah, that's good to know because I sort of heard a rumor that actually sometimes they might leave a little bit early, so you should be there at least five minutes before. But oh, yeah. it's good good to know that they don't leave until they're supposed to. That's right. Yeah. Um. So you you go to your you go to your stop and then and then um, what do you have to do when you want the bus to stop for you? Do you have to wave them down or anything? You don't have to, but we do recommend it um, because sometimes people aren't obviously waiting for the bus, particularly places that don't have shelters. Yeah, just to shut up the thing there. So we are recommending that you you give it a bit of a wave and um, the, the driver will will slow down you if, if they see you. Um, just have to make it reasonably obvious. I know that sometimes yeah. it's not our normal way. I know when I lived in overseas, you definitely have to wave at the bus. But I think it's a good habit to get into as well, so nobody, nobody gets hit behind. Might also be if you're at a stop that has numerous buses stopping at it. You know, you, the bus driver might not want it. Might you know, like if you might wave out for the your one, so that the bus driver actually knows who's wanting what one. Oh, indeed, you might get three buses all there for you, and they're all going different places. So that's right. <laughs> And they don't necessarily all have the all bus logo either, do they? Because there's, um, there's like you said earlier, there's various um, contractors yeah. running these services. Yeah, they, they, they could well be GoBus or um, branded buses there that they're using as well. Yep. Um, you just really got to look out for your number on the front and it will say where you're going. Yeah, that's all you need to see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, so what sort of um, things might affect the bus service? Um, obviously, at the moment, we're going through a severe driver shortage. Um, sometimes we do have to cancel. Uh, it's not as prevalent as it was. Uh, bus, num- bus driver numbers are climbing. We're not there yet, um, but we do plan to get back to our full service in February. Um, so obviously, driver shortages, inclement weather, when we went through the snow, you know, that was obviously going to affect the service. And again, all these sort of alerts are on the, the transit app and on the website as well. Um, so yeah, you just got to really uh, make sure that you're paying attention to what's going to happen. Um, sometimes we have breakdowns. Uh, it doesn't have to do. And sometimes there might be a bit of a safety incident where uh, something's crashed into the bus rather than the other way around. So that has happened yeah. to find out. Yeah, well, there may just be other traffic accidents that have affected the route or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what do they need to know about getting on and off the bus? I guess we've already talked about making sure you scan your card um, and waiting for it to beep, apparently. Um, anything else? No, no it's, it's that simple. Yeah, it is. Okay, and but when they want to stop, they just push the red button on the bus, don't they? Yeah, yeah, standard practice and the driver will stop at the next available stop. Yeah. Um, and tell us a little bit about the bus hub. Where, Where's that? What is that about? 
Uh, bus bus hub will be here too. We have one in Queenstown and we have one here. Um, so yeah, just tell um, us about the Dunedin one, probably. Yeah, um, the Dunedin one. Uh, it's essentially a, a, a confluence point. So a lot of the routes go through the hub because it's so central and, and Great King Street. Uh, it's so central that a lot of the routes will pass through there. Um, and, and for transportation planning, hubs are quite vital. They use them in, um, uh, for airways, uh, sorry, aircraft use them a lot for commercial travel and buses are no different. It's just a nice meeting point where you can, all your, uh, routes can take off and come into. And it's because it's so central, it's really, really handy. Mm. Um, and we have got some quite good facilities down there, digital sign tables and so on. And notice board where you can actually get those live updates if you don't have the app as well. Yeah. And that's obviously handy with, if you're going on to another, um, if you're taking two buses in the same trip, you know, that's where you'll join the other one. So it's right there. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a good uh, switchover point as well for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Okay. What about what, what can you take on the bus? Um, like in terms so of. You know, push chairs. Yeah, can't take on the bus. Yeah, but you can. You can take things like scooters, skateboards, push chairs. Yeah, there's facilities to hang those on the bus. You know, we have the the, the standard sort of um, accommodations for those. Um, Things like surfboards and skis, because of the room they require. Uh, we can't we can't take those. Well, we are investigating that as provision in Queenstown because um, ski fields have them. Yeah, are looking a bit at that. So that that's a longer term view that we're taking. Um, yeah. Then other than the usual sort of um, dangerous goods, firearms, explosives, fire fireworks, uh, anything poisonous, uh, large animals are too big to fit between seats. Those sort of reasonably obvious things. The terms and conditions of the travel uh, travel on the buses are on our website as well. Yeah, but so but wheelchairs are okay, but not mobility scooters. No, you just could not possibly get a mobility speeder on a bus. No. Yeah, but but wheelchairs are all good. Wheelchairs are good, yeah. No, we're very, very much um, accommodating of, um, of that sort of mobility, yeah. Yeah. What, what about um, food and drink? Uh, it's a big no. Uh, no smoking, no food, no drink to be consumed on a bus. It's just it's too hard to manage, um, particularly with cleanups and that sort of thing. Um, and the buses are constantly going for you know, 13, 14 hours a day really important that we keep the place clean and, and hygienic. But you can take food on, like if you've been to the supermarket, you just can't consume it on the bus. You're not, to, not to consume it, no. Yeah. Um, and you've sort of gone through those unsuitable items, haven't you? Which is just pretty common sense, really. Very much. Um, what about push bikes? That's sort of a new thing, I guess, and that's probably getting more and more popular as people are getting more bikes. I suppose we need to talk about normal bikes and electric bikes, but what um, what can you tell us about taking a bus on a bike? A bike on a bus? Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. You're absolutely you can take a bike, um, bikes on the bus using the facilities that we have on the buses. Um, e-bikes are a bit different because uh, of the weight of them. Yeah. So there's a weight restriction on an e-bike of around 25 kilograms. So your bike's heavier than that, and I'm afraid it can't go on the bus. How many can one bus take? Uh, it's, well, it's restricted by um, available size. So there's a, there's a wheel diameter restriction. So uh, it could be three, it could be depending on the on the size of the um, the bike itself. Right. And if I need. Yeah. But at least a couple, probably. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, 
And so what happens if you want to take your bike on when you, like if you're standing at the stop and, you, and you want, you've got your bike there and you've never used it before, does, how do you know what to do? Oh, the driver will assist you. Absolutely. All right. Yes, they're really good people. And you just say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. they'll jump into, into that for you. And they'll get cool. Good, and, then it's, and then once you've been shown once, it's pretty straightforward, is it, how they, the system works, the rack? Oh, yeah, everything. the driver will assist every time. Yeah. Yeah, yep, cool. Um, and so what about animals? So you're obviously allowed, if you're blind and you've got a service dog, you're obviously allowed to take your animal on. But what about other animals? Or domestic uh, yeah. pets? Uh, absolutely. Uh, service animals, absolutely. Uh, domestic pets can travel. Our policy is that they need to be sitting in a, uh, a suitable animal carrier. Right. So that they need to be crated in some way and sitting on the lap of the passengers. That kind of restricts the size of the crate as well. Um, so, yeah, they, they must be reasonably small, moderate size and sit on the lap of the passenger. Um, it's... Um, it's it's unfortunately again it's a room related thing. We just don't have the the, the room to to have uh, larger animals in there, but they're, they are welcome to come. So it doesn't really work for people that just want to get on the bus and take their dog somewhere, and maybe take it for a walk, and then get the bus home because you'd have to do something with your crate. <laughs> you, you, you do. It's uh, again, it's 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 about the comfort of everyone on the bus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I absolutely. It would be too hard to manage, wouldn't it? Um, but so any so a service dog does do people is it obvious when people have got a service dog or do they they probably carry something that says it's a service dog do they? Oh, usually service dogs are clearly identifiable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think the driver's going to check up if um, an ask for ID from the dog or whatever it is. They'll, yeah. they'll be clearly identified. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What what about um is there priority seating for any particular group of people? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um for, for anyone who's sort of mobility challenged, those sort of things, there is priority seating for it. And drivers can assist these passengers as they come in. If you say, you yeah, know, I need some, you know, seating close to the front or you know, I'm not as mobile, drivers will have assist straight away. Yeah, they know okay. where And what if the bus is crowded? Um, in terms of priority seating first, but mm. so let's just deal with that issue first. If if it's really crowded and there is someone needs priority seating, will the bus driver facilitate getting that person a seat? Or um, uh, normally, I, I, that would be our expectation. Um, yeah, make sure that everyone has the opportunity to use um, use public transport if they are transport disadvantaged, obviously. Yeah. Um, but if it's crowded, um, the high patronage is a, is a challenge as well as a positive thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with the resourcing we're working through at the moment, we're quite mindful of that. And we do have the ability to put on overflow buses uh, where the overcrowding is, is getting to the point where we need to um, uh, put additional resources in. But we have limits on what we can do. Um, obviously, people can stand on the bus, but there are limits on those numbers as well. So every bus has a, um, a number of seated passengers that they can take the limit up to and a number of standing passengers that they can take the limit to. So we have to stay within those norms to... Um, uh, just to make sure he wants to travel safely. So, if someone really needs to get somewhere and the bus is crowded, is that sort of just bad luck? Yeah, <laughs> I guess well, I wouldn't put it so harshly, but I think it's um, yeah. If the bus is, uh, if the driver is saying the bus is at capacity, I mean, there's not a lot we can do about that. It's at capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Unfortunately, if there's a significant number of people that are um, missing out on bus travel, 
And as I said, we, we do have the ability to get an overflow bus from the operator. The operators are aware of that as well. The operators will see the driver will yeah. say, look, I've got 20 people I couldn't take on. They will send more transport out. And particularly so, if that was happening regularly, you'd look at what you could do about it. Oh, there's a regular occurrence here. We would actually look at the routes and the frequency. Yeah. And that would probably mostly happen with school kids or, um, you know, there's probably not many times during the day really unless there's something event on that where they would be at capacity. Yeah, um, we plan pretty carefully for it. And, um, you know, with, with our reduced time, we're having to plan, you know, right to the nth degree. And you're right, um, if we have major events on, uh, we have to address that as well. So it's, it's very important that we do that. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess the most recent one was, you know, all the with the people coming in from Port Chalmers off that. Um, the ship. The ship, which must be really hard to manage because there's like about 3,000 people on the ships, isn't there? Yeah, there is, yeah, and uh, they all want to come in. They're often only here for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, th th that has been a little bit challenging. Um, the crews, the owners of the of the ships themselves, um, do arrange public transport, do arrange transport to get their passengers into town. It's a private commercial arrangement. Yeah. Um, it's probably more expensive than the public transport system. Yeah. And so um, that overflow. Yeah, um, exactly. Actually, had a meeting this morning about it um, just to make sure that, that what what could we do to try and help people out. That's it's really about for us as the Dunedin residents trying to get to school, trying to get to their work, yeah. being inconvenienced. Um, you know, obviously we can't say to tourists, no, you can't get on the bus because these people are going to work, and we're going to differentiate this. So it's really just the service that we provide. But we're trying to work through some things. Yeah. Cool. So what about um, code of conduct? Um, you know, what are people themselves responsible for and, you know, when might someone be refused to get on the bus or not allowed on the bus? Um, really, it's, it's the smoking and alcohol thing under the influence, whether they're being disrespectful to passengers or, or drivers, um, obviously threatening behaviour, intimidating behaviour, that sort of thing, they'll be refused or they'll be asked to get off the bus. So just yep. be a decent person and you won't have any problems at all. Exactly. Or if they're trying to bring something on, I suppose, that's they're not allowed to or, yeah. Yeah, on our list, yeah. It's basically just being respectful and being friendly and keeping everything clean and safe for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, so what about COVID at the moment? Is How is that affecting the bus? Uh, not, not as much. Um, obviously, we're recovering from COVID with uh, capacity issues, but mask mandates have gone now. So it's, it's really just about people taking care of their own health, watching out for other people's health, and just um, yeah. if you're sick, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Cool. And and so finally, um, we tell me just a bit, a little bit about your. So just say your website again, and maybe your phone number, so people can ring or ask questions, or because there's also another bus number they can ring, isn't it? Um, for like. I think that the city council manage, don't they? Another bus, like if you've just got a question about what's going on right sort of at the moment. Uh, yeah, there is. There are two numbers um, available. I'm just going to pull them up. You've got me there. Sorry. No, you're right. It's fine. But your website is dub dub. I'll just say that again. Dub 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 dot org dot g o v t dot nz, where people can look up the. Um, the routes and all the information. And a lot of this stuff is on that website too, or like the 101 of the bus service. Um, oh, yeah. I looked yeah. at that. It's very – lots of information. Um, yeah, um, the website's really, really good. It's updated constantly. We have extra yeah. staff 
Oh, then four. So the, the phone number you want to ring is 0800 474 082. And that'll and, come through, and then we'll manage, manage that accordingly. Right. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So I think that's probably everything. I just, just listeners, remember that um, at Citizens Advice Bureau Dunedin, we help people know and understand their rights, and we offer free confidential advice and information about anything for anyone. Um, you can call us, um, local number 471-6166 or use our nationwide free phone 0800 which may be answered anywhere around the country. You can find us at 155 Princess Street, ground floor of Rogers House. Good idea to call first just to check that our inter-review room is free so you're not waiting for ages and it's not a big queue of people. You can also visit our website, www.cab.org.nz, where you'll find answers to thousands of questions or to explore our community directory with over 500 local services and organisations. You can also email inquiries and online chat through our website, and you can follow us on Facebook, CAB Dunedin. Thank you, Otago Access Radio, for hosting us and to our listeners for tuning in, and Mihi Kiakoe Doug for joining us today and sharing all the useful information and about the bus service. I'm ready. Thank This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.